All right, so last week we talked about David, and this week we have got a new person. Now, this person's easy. I'm just going to give you guys a few clues, and we're going to see if you guys can figure out who this person is. All right. It took me 13 years to build my palace. I had 700 wives. I was the wisest man. I built the Lord's temple. Solomon. Solomon. There we go. We got one. Y'all probably, I figured y'all would be all over that. You guys are pretty smart. So those were, those were pretty easy. And those are some, some interesting facts about Solomon. So we looked at the first two kings of Israel last week, that is uh, Saul and then David, and tonight we are going to look at Solomon. You can turn with me if you want to, to 1 Kings chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3, starting in verse 5. Solomon is an interesting person. Solomon is somebody that I believe we can learn a lot from. Obviously, he's an interesting person. He had 700 wives, the Bible tells us, and 300 concubines so there you go I, some, 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 a lot of times when I hear, <laughs> hear that said a lot of men say oh my yes ma'am hmm? like, a, like a female like slave I suppose okay. I think I, I, I mean I maybe should research more on that well that's good we'll, we'll look that up I believe it's a I believe it's a, it's a female slave and so that they would have you know, a lot of times it was not uncommon back in those days for, for someone to have a wife, but also to uh, be with their slave as well. Uh, you think about Jacob. He had two wives, uh, uh, Leah and, and Rachel, but he also had children under, under each of their slaves too, under each of their handmaidens. And so uh, that's, that's what these people would have been to Solomon. They would have been similar to that. So he had a thousand uh, women in his life, and he uh, was the wisest man... In the, in, in the world at that time, Solomon was a super wise guy. Now, you can go back and you can read in 1 Kings all about Solomon, and I would encourage you to do so to kind of get a picture and an understanding of exactly what was going on in the life of Solomon. But we'll pray, and then we'll go through this text, and we'll talk about it. Father God, I pray that you'd be with us tonight, that you would help us to, to learn something from what we're going to talk about when we talk about the life of Solomon and God, we thank you for these words. I pray that you'd help us not to be distracted tonight, help there not to be any distractions, but we can keep our minds straight on you. And just for a few minutes that we would focus on you, God, and your word would be good to us and speak to us tonight. And so I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. First Kings chapter 3, verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. God asked... What should I give you? Boy, could you imagine if God were to appear to you tonight and God said, I'll give you anything. What do you want me to give you? What would you guys ask for? That's a, that's a, can you imagine God coming before you and asking you what you would want? I mean, many people maybe ask for wealth or ask for fame or ask for a new car. Who knows what people would ask for? But God came before Solomon and said, What would you like? And what's, what's interesting is what Solomon responded with. And Solomon replied, You have shown great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, righteousness, and integrity. You have continued this great and faithful love for him by giving him a son to sit on his throne as it is today. 
Lord my God, you have now made your servant king in my father David's place. Yet I am just a youth with no experience in leading, or excuse me, in leadership. Your servant is among your people. You have chosen a people too numerous to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an obedient heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? That's pretty good stuff right there. Solomon could have asked for wealth, fame. He could have asked for anything he wanted to. But instead he said, look, God, give me wisdom. You've called me to lead, but I'm young. I don't have a lot of experience. I don't really know what I'm doing. You've got all these people before me, and they're too numerous to even count. So God, please give me some wisdom to be able to lead. Now, that's pretty good stuff right there. That shows us that Solomon's heart was in a good spot. Solomon's heart was, was in the right, right place. His mind was in the right place. If we read a little further in verse 10, it says, Now it pleased the Lord that Solomon had requested this. You can imagine, God would be pretty proud of that. He's saying, man, this guy didn't ask for wealth or money or maybe some of the same stuff that we had asked for. Instead, he asked for wisdom. So God said to him, because you have requested this and did not ask for long life or riches for yourself or the death of your enemies. Boy, that's a good one right there. That's how many of us might ask that? We got somebody we hate and we say, God, I want you to punish them. God was saying Solomon didn't ask for any of these things. But you ask discernment for yourself to understand just justice. I will therefore do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and understanding heart so that there has never been anyone like you before and never will be again. Now that's pretty good stuff. God says, I'm fizzing to give you wisdom so much so that there's never been anybody like you nor will there ever be anyone like you ever again. Now, that's pretty strong stuff. I think that that gives us a good, a good clue as to how wise Solomon was. I mean, Solomon, he got it. He was fixing to get wisdom imparted on him straight from the Lord, unlike any man that has ever lived on the earth. And God says, I'm fixing to give this to you. Can you imagine? That's pretty unbelievable. In addition, I will give you what you did not ask for, both riches and honor, so that no man in any kingdom will be your equal during your entire life. If you walk in my, in my ways and keep my statutes and commands just as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He went to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant, and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he held a feast for all his servants. So here we have... Solomon, the son of David, who is now the king of Israel. I don't know how old Solomon would have been at this time. Obviously, at least in his eyes, he felt that he was young and inexperienced, and he probably was a young man. And here God has imparted on this young man this, this miraculous wisdom. And on top of that, God said, since you asked for, for a good thing with the right heart, I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you more than you could ever possibly imagine. And so Solomon was set right. If there was anybody who was set to do the right thing and live a good life and not have any problems, it was Solomon. He was the wisest man in the world. He was the wealthiest man in the world. He had everything going for him. And God told him, he said, look, all you got to do is keep my commands. Follow what I tell you to do, 
and all's going to be well. I'm going to continue to bless you. But Solomon, like each and every one of us, he had that one thing that was that was that that sin that 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 so easily ensnares. You see, we all have those things. We talked about it last week. The devil knows what our sin is. He knows what he's going to get us with. You see, God even repeated to, uh, to Solomon a few chapters later. He says, look, be careful to do what I'm telling you. He says, I'm going to continue to bless you. Solomon went on to build a temple for the Lord, and God said, I'm going to continue to bless you. Just continue to be obedient. Listen to my words. Listen to what I'm telling you to do. Follow my ways, and I'm going to continue to bless you, and everything is going to be good. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what God was, was telling Solomon. But Solomon had a weakness, and his weakness was women. We see that from the fact that he had a thousand wives and concubines combined. Solomon's weakness was women, and the command of the Lord in that day and age was for the people, God's chosen people, Israel, not to intermarry with other people groups. The reason for that was, it wasn't a, a racial thing or anything like that. The reason was, is because the God of Israel was Yahweh, the one and only God. There was no other God. But all of these other nations and people groups, they all had these different gods that they worshipped. Gods of the sun, gods of the rain, gods of the water, gods of this, gods of that. They had all of these other gods that they worshipped. They would set up all of these idols. They would bow before these idols. They would set these poles up and they would worship at these poles. And they would worship all these gods that weren't really gods at all. But they thought they were. And God said, look, I have revealed myself to you, Israel. And so therefore, don't, don't mix with these other people because if you do then they're going to they're gonna try to pull you away from me. And God was trying to protect his people Israel. And Solomon knew that command. Solomon knew what he was not supposed to do. The wisest man in all of the world knew what he was not supposed to do. Let me tell you how wise Solomon is. This is a great story. I love this story. You, you see this story referenced in, in TV shows and movies today. There were these two women. They, had, they both had a child. And in the middle of the night, one of the women rolled over and, and killed her child accidentally, not on purpose. And so what she did, she went over and she got the other woman's kid. She swapped them out. And so the next morning, the woman woke up and she said, my child is dead. But she realized, hey, wait a minute. My child, this isn't my child that's dead. Wait, you've got my child. You stole my child. And so they were arguing back and forth over who was going to get the child that was alive. And so they went before King Solomon. And you know what King Solomon said? King Solomon said, cut the baby in half. Now that seems like the craziest advice ever, right? King Solomon said, well, just cut it in half. Get both of them half. That'll solve the problem. And one of the women said, whoa, 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 whoa. Just let her have that child. I would rather, I would rather see the child live than to be cut in half. And Solomon said, give the baby to her. Because that is the child's mom. Now that's a simple story. That's a crazy thing to say cut a baby in half. But that shows you the kind of wisdom that Solomon had. Solomon had it all. It took him 13 years to build his palace. Can you imagine if you had unlimited wealth, all the, all the wealth of the land, and 13 years what kind of palace you could build? I would imagine that it was probably something to see. And it says he built his wife one like it. One of his wives. Who knows which one? <laughs> That had to be a mansion. You know how long he took on the Lord's house? Seven years. Didn't take him to seven years to build a temple. It took him almost twice that long to build his own house. Solomon, the wisest and richest man in the world, even though he knew what God's word says, even though he knew what he wasn't supposed to do, even though he knew what he was supposed to stay away from, guess what? The one thing that he was supposed to stay away from, it got him. 
Because it says in his old age, if you read on in 1 Kings chapter 11, it says that in Solomon's old age that he began to be with women from other places. And the text says that he began to worship their gods. It says that they pulled him away from worshiping Yahweh and he began to worship the other gods. The wisest man in the world and sin still got to him. He knew better. He knew better than to do that. He had everything that he could have ever wanted. God had blessed him with everything that he could have ever wanted. He knew better. And if the wisest man in the world can fall into sin and temptation, then what does that say for us? Because if Solomon was the wisest, I'm not even the second. I'm not even close. I'm closer to the bottom, way closer to the bottom. I might be at the bottom of the list. And if the wisest man in the world can be deceived and be led off track to sin against the Lord, then we better be on our guard. Because we're probably not anywhere close to the wisdom that Solomon had. And so when God's word tries to lead and guide us into what we should and shouldn't do, we need to know that God is trying to do that for our own protection. The consequences of what happened to Solomon were great. The consequences were great because while God had promised that if Solomon would be obedient to him, he would continue to bless him and all would be well, as soon as Solomon didn't do what he was supposed to do, as soon as he quit living for the Lord, God says, I'm going to punish you, but not in your lifetime. He says, because David was faithful, he said, I'm going to continue to allow Solomon to rule as king. But he says, after Solomon is ruled as king, I'm going to tear the kingdom. And we see that Israel's history after that was very difficult. It was at that point in time after Solomon passed that God separated uh, the, the nation of Israel into two nations. There were 12 tribes of Israel. There were 10 of them uh, that remained known as the nation of Israel. And there were two that uh, remained uh, from that point on in Scripture known as Judah. They were two separate tribes. They both had separate kings. And all of the kings of Israel were bad. And most of the kings of Judah were bad. And it was hard times for Israel. And these kings led them down paths of worshiping gods they shouldn't worship. Of doing things they shouldn't do. And it all started with Solomon. And that's a good reminder that our choices and our sins don't just affect us. Our choices and our sins don't just affect us. In Solomon's case, they affected his family and they affected the whole nation of Israel because he dabbled a little bit with sin and he didn't, he didn't listen to God's word. He didn't take God's word seriously enough. You see, and that's what the devil will do. The devil will convince us that our sin's really not that bad and that God's really not that good. See, the devil wants to kind of to get, to get us to bring God down to not think too highly of God, but to think a little too highly of, of our sins so they're kind of on a level, level playing field. And he tried to do it with Saul. He tried to do it with David. He tried to do it with Solomon. And guess what? He's going to try to do it with you and I. So we need to pray and we need to ask the Lord to give us wisdom just as the Lord gave Solomon wisdom. But we need to know, even if we have wisdom, what good is wisdom if we don't follow wisdom's leading and we don't do what wisdom leads us to do? If we know what's right and don't do it, then what benefit is wisdom to us? There is no benefit. We're living in foolishness. So let us examine our life. And maybe there are some areas that we know that God has said, hey, you need to stay away from this or you need to cut that out. And we know we should, but we haven't. And Solomon... He probably knew that he shouldn't have been with those women. He probably knew he should have listened to what God says, but he didn't. 
And so we need to learn from our own mistakes. How many times have we went down those roads and made those wrong decisions and did those wrong things? We can learn from the mistakes of Solomon, and we can thank the Lord that he gives us examples. And more importantly, we can thank the Lord that he is patient with us and that he forgives us. Because maybe we realize, all right, God, I haven't done what you called me to do. I haven't been living the life that you called me to live. And we can't change the past, but we serve a God that will forgive us if we come to him and ask. We serve a God that can, that can begin to change our heart and give us the strength and give us the guidance to do right in the future. And so if you've gotten off track, if you're not, if you're not doing good, then, then seek the Lord. Ask the Lord for forgiveness and ask the Lord to, to lead you on the right track. Maybe you're doing good. Maybe you're walking good spiritually with the Lord and everything's going good in your life. Praise the Lord for that. Just continue seeking. Don't, don't, don't let your guard down. Because, boy, as soon as we start thinking we're good and we're doing just great, well, that's, that's for, uh, pride comes before a fall. So let us continually seek the Lord so that we can avoid situations that are going to get us in trouble. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you now and we thank you for these words. And God, we thank you for Solomon. And I pray that you would help us to, to have wisdom. God, but to, when we have that wisdom, to use it for good, dear Lord. Not to just know about the right thing, but dear Lord, to really do the right thing. God, help us to see those, those areas in our life, those sins that want to bring us down, dear Lord. That, that one thing that, that, keeps, that we keep struggling with. That one thing that we know we need to just break free from and we're just struggling with it. I pray that you give us the willpower and, the, and the, 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 to help us to, to break free, God, to not give in to that, to not be a slave to that sin, but to be free from that, dear Lord. So I pray that you would help us just to come to you. God, forgive us for the areas where we struggle. Help us to grow in those areas so that we don't struggle in them and so we can better serve you. Help us to have, have wisdom. Help us to not have foolishness, dear Lord. Help us to, to make wise decisions and not foolish decisions. I pray that you be with each one that's here tonight. Give us a good week as we go out into this week. God, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for the freedom to come together and worship. And we just thank you for, for letting us come and hear your word tonight. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.